Hallelujah. Hey, uh, listen, I, um, I, I've got some things for you today. The media team just, they, they, I had to, they, I'm just all over the map today, okay? I, I've got, a, I believe, a good word that God wants to speak, but, but the Lord gave me some things beforehand, before I get into my message, just that, that I want to share with you guys if you're okay. Are you okay with the pastor being prompted by the Holy Spirit and to speak something that wasn't... That when I sent my notes in this week, we're not in the notes, but there's just something. And my message is always under construction. Uh, and so, uh, um, but I, I just have some things that I just feel like tie into and relate to that, that, that God wants me to, to, to share with you guys. And, and I want to read some scripture to you right now. It's not on the screens, but just trust me. And if you don't trust me, you can look it up later. It's found in the book of Matthew chapter 9. And, and I want to read to you. I want to tell you about my Jesus. Can I do that? I, I want to share with you what Jesus is all about and what Jesus is like. And, and, and I pray that all of us would, would, would want to be more like Jesus. Are you with me there? When I was a kid growing up, of course, the famous Gatorade commercial was, if I could be like Mike. And every one of us little boys, you know, thought if I could wear the same tennis shoes he wore and drink the Gatorade that he drank, we could jump and leap and dunk like Michael Jordan. The reality is I was a short, white, overweight kid and I could not jump and dunk like Michael Jordan dunked. Okay. And so, uh, but, but if there's anybody that I want to encourage all of us to be like, let me just read to you about Jesus. Can I do that? Beginning at verse 35 of Matthew 9, it says this, Jesus traveled through all the towns. Say the word traveled. Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues. Say teaching. And announcing the good news about the kingdom. Say the kingdom. And he healed every, say healed. He healed every kind of disease and illness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Say compassion. He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. They were like sheep without a shepherd. The New Living Translation says they were confused. See any confusion in our culture today? In fact, some of us in this room might say, I'm a little confused because what I thought was right or what I thought was true, and it just seems like it's distorted and other voices. I mean, we live in a day and a time in which we need to remember what Jesus was like. Someone here today, I want you to understand something about Jesus. I don't know what you've been told about him or what's been portrayed about him. I just know sometimes that we as Christ followers, sometimes we don't look and act like our Jesus. So let me just talk about him if I can. I want you to know that Jesus is after your heart today. Yes. He's after you. Now, he's not a bully and, and, and he's not going to force himself. And, you know, but, but Jesus is after you. In fact, he's, he's pursuing you. And he's, I was always told as a young boy, he's knocking. He's knocking on the door of your heart. And he's asking you if you will let him come in. So I want someone to understand today, just as we read in Matthew chapter nine, Jesus traveled in Matthew chapter nine. He traveled from village to village and, and he, he is still on the move today. He's after people. He's after you. And you might be running fast and furious from him, but I'm telling you, he is right on your heels. 
he's still after you. I, I love this passage because it also said that Jesus traveled to these towns, and, but he was teaching. There's something about teaching truth. There's something about teaching and preaching the gospel and the good news. But I love what Jesus was preaching and teaching. It says he was announcing the kingdom of God. You know, the kingdom of God is a phrase that we throw out in churches today, and, and, and it can be a little confusing. Let, let me just help you understand. When we talk about the kingdom of God, I want you to think about all creation, that God so loved the world. He created all of this. He had a plan. He had a purpose, and he set it all in motion and in place. It wasn't just a cosmic collision. We are not here by happenstance or by chance. No, there's a purpose for us today. And God's purpose has always been that every man and woman, boy and girl, all of creation would be carriers of his glory, that we would worship him and bow down before him. That's why we turn it up loud and proud here at 1910. Over the last 17 years, people say, bro, could y'all just bring it down a little bit? I'm like, come on, somebody. If you can't get loud in the house of God and sing about Jesus... Where else will you get loud about? And by the way, we do have earplugs available. They're free every Sunday if it's too loud. I get that. I get that. But there's some people on the other side that say, bro, I like it loud because I can actually hear it and feel it. Anyway, Jesus is announcing the kingdom of God. He's preaching. He's traveling to all these these little villages. He's preaching in their synagogues. And then I love what it says, but it wasn't that wasn't everything. He says he was healing every disease and illness. I looked up that word every in the Greek, and you know what it means? Every. It means all. That means that just as we sang about, he is more than able to step in and intervene in any circumstance or situation. Do you believe that? Or are we just talking about some great stories in the, old, in the New Testament, days of old? No, we believe that he is more than able. And we believe that Jesus is more than capable of healing anything. Now here's the problem for some of us. We've prayed for someone to be healed physically. Maybe you, even you have as well, or we've, we've known someone that was ill and overtaken and, 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 and the situation didn't turn out like we thought it should. And it's really easy for us in those moments. Is it not to discount and discredit Jesus? Are you really real? Are you more than able? And I just know that God is God and I am not. And sometimes I cannot figure out the ways in which he moves and which he works. But may that never cause us to question who he is or what he's capable of. And I want you to know today that we believe that Jesus is more than able to step into any disease or illness that you might be encountering. And he can be Jehovah Rapha. One of his names, God, is a God who heals. And we believe that may not look like we want it to, and may not turn out when we think it should, but he is a God that can still be trusted. Jesus is healing. He's preaching and he's teaching his healing only provides what I would say validation for what they were preaching. You see, when I prayed just a few months ago, I think we as a church in America have done a great job of speaking and talking We've done a good job of, 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 of again, crafting incredible sermons and, 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 and even giving handouts for people to take home. But what I believe is needed in our culture today that seems to be hopeless is I think that we need to see some things that are going to bring validation to what pastors are preaching. 
Hey, so I went over today, passed out and said, hey, get out of your zone and go pray and shake hands with somebody. So I did that. And I met Leilani. I didn't know Leilani. She said, hey, I'm the one from last Sunday. I said, you're the girl that sent me the email? Wow, thank you for that. And I met Leilani for the first time. But when Leilani, I said, hey, Leilani, hey, would you get up here today and share what God did in your heart and what he spoke? That only validates what God is up to. Are you with me there? Leilani could have said, no, I'm going to keep it to myself. I was reminded as a kid, hide it under a bush. Oh no. I'm going to let it shine. She stood up here and she bore witness and she declared, right? Yeah, she did great. You can clap for that. But I love as we continue in this passage where Jesus, where it says that Jesus was moved with concern over people? No, it says compassion. You know there's a difference between concern and compassion, right? I think all of us would say, man, I have a concern for what I see happening in our culture today. Or hey, I have a concern for what's happening at my kid's school. Hey, I have a concern. I've had a concern for, for my kids growing up. You parents ever feel like, man, I hate to see what the world's gonna look like when they get older. Or our grandkids. I'm like, come, Lord Jesus, please come right now, right? Because as we look around and see things spiraling, it can be disheartening, can it not? And we wonder, what's the world going to look like? You know, I mean, it's Mad Max in the Thunderdome, isn't it? It's crazy. But it says that Jesus didn't just have concern. No, no. He says he had compassion. You know the difference between concern and compassion is? Concern is having awareness and an understanding, but compassion moves you to do something about it. And that's where I want to take us today, if that's okay with you. Because I don't want us just to have a concern about what we see happening in the cities and the communities in which we all represent here today. But I want to begin to challenge us because I think God is calling us today to be moved with compassion to take action that actually does something about the brokenness we see in the world around us. Are you with me today? I uh, spent some time this summer uh, away. I was away for really the whole summer and um, the church blessed Pastor Angie and I and sent us out for a time of rest and refreshment and refocus and rejuvenation and all the rewords you can plug in right now that are good, right? Revitalized, revamped, reamped, re whatever. Um, and, and, and there was a time this summer I spent 10 days by myself in a cabin in the woods. I mean, we're, we're talking Grizzly Adams style. Okay. If you know what I'm talking about, when I say Grizzly Adams, would you just clap your hands for Jesus right now? Thank you. For those of you that aren't clapping, Google it, Wikipedia, TV land, I'm sure showing reruns or something like that. Okay. But it's great. Um, and, and, and now my cabin was not true grizzly. It was a log cabin. Uh, I did not shave or cut my hair for 10 days. You should have seen me. I looked <laughs> ratchet. It was bad. It was really, really bad. But, but I cleaned up before I made my reentry back into my family and, and, uh, it was great. But, but I spent 10 days in a cabin in solitude. drove me crazy. I, the, the, the first night I, I call a friend, I phone a friend back home. I said, bro, I can't do this. I'm crying. Yes. Your pastor cries. Is that okay? I'm a girl daddy. 
and I'm, I get some salt. I cried and I just said, I cannot do this. And my friend, just as calm and smooth and full of wisdom said, Hey, didn't you sign up to do this? I'm like, bro, I didn't need that right now. I needed you to say, come on home, bro. I'll, I'll, I'll come get you. But he said, you need to stay there because the Lord has something he wants to do in your life. And it was my shack. You've read the book, the shack or the scene, the movie. It was my shack moment because while I was there in solitude, I mean, occasionally I would have one bar of service on my cell phone, no TV, no intranets, nothing pot belly stove, you know, to stay warm. I didn't need it. I was at 10,500 feet. It was hard to breathe, but what killed this overweight, overaged, bald-headed dude was the solitude. Pastor Angie just prayed something I want to encourage you with. When we carve out time and when we really pursue God, he shows up. Well, it was in that solitude and in this treachery that I found myself in, that I put myself in, that God showed up and he, 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 he hit me with something that I want to share with you today. I, I, I wrote it down so I wouldn't screw it up. Here's what the Lord said to me. What do we need to be about to see people get to heaven? Jason, what do you need to be about so that more people would get to heaven? And what does the church need to be about so that people could get to heaven? Now, that may not sound like a big deal to you, but do you realize that that's what we're called to be about? Do do you know that we have been saved so that we in turn can share with other people about what Christ has done in us, bear witness like Leilani did, bear witness and share with it. And our goal is to make sure that people come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, live life here on earth that is abundant, full, off the chain, over the top, life to the max, and in one day spend eternity with all the other saints in glory in a place called heaven. You see, believer, you need to understand something today. We've not been called just to gather for services for 70 minutes on a Sunday. But what we've been done, what we've been called to do is to take the salvation that we've received from heaven and we've been called to be missionaries with it. We are to live on mission and you may not have to go overseas and get a passport to do that. It may simply be walking next door or across the street. But you've been saved so that in turn you would go and tell. And we've been called to go and tell, to make disciples and to tell others the difference that Jesus has made in our lives. But I got to be honest with you. Here's what hit me this summer in the cabin. I've been more concerned and I've shared this with you guys. I'm being transparent here. I've been more concerned over the last 17 years in church building than I have oftentimes in kingdom building. There's a difference there. Church building, just organizing group, having vision, casting vision, calling people, and I mean, just, you know, encouraging them. And I mean, that's good. There's nothing wrong with that, but there's more. You see, it's about the kingdom of God. What was Jesus announcing here in Matthew 9? He wasn't talking about brick and mortar. In fact, I wrote this note in my Bible. I said, Jesus came to build a kingdom out of people, not brick and mortar. 
And the kingdom that, that, that Christ has called us to build, it's all about people. And it's about us seeing people walk in the fullness of Christ, them coming to know him as Lord and Savior, being controlled and dominated by his spirit, and ultimately one day, woo, joining with the City Hills Church family and all other saints in glory one day and singing, how great is our God. I mean, we'll sing it forever. But the Lord convicted me. He just said, what do you need to be about? so that more people will get to heaven. And so you need to know that that's where I'm going to lead you. That that's where we're called. We, we, we are called to go and tell. We are called to be on mission. We are called to, to not just be satisfied with the gospel of salvation, but the gospel of the kingdom. And that gospel says, I go. That gospel means I do these things that, that we read off about Jesus here in Matthew 9. I'm going everywhere. You can't stop me. And I want to preach and teach about the kingdom of God. I want to step into the brokenness of people. I want to, I want to see those who are diseased and sick, and I want to share with them the reason for the hope that I profess. Jesus. Mm. That falls on us, the church. I shared with you last week that our word for the year here is the word hope. Hope means that, that I have a positive outlook. I have a positive belief for something in my future. I'm looking for that, for, for, for something that's going to be great and good. And, and our world needs that. And what I want you to understand and see today is that we have what our world needs. I, I, while I was sitting in that cabin, I told you there was no intranets or TV, sports center. I mean, I was clueless. I, no social media, nothing. I mean, just there letting my hair grow and eating a lot of high caloric food. It was, well, it wasn't so bad in some instances, you know, but, but I didn't shower for days. I mean, it was awful, awful height, just bad. So I'm just scrolling through my phone and you know, a, a, a phone is really useless if you can't make a phone call. And for some of us, if there's no TikTok or YouTube or anything, I mean, really, it's worth it. If we're not on Insta, Facebook, whatever, or X, whatever you call it today, listen, if we're not using it, really, a phone is fairly useless, right? Um, so I began to just scroll through my old photos on my phone. Like, come on, that's, that's, something will cheer me up here. And the days of which I was young and skinny, that definitely brought a smile to my face. And seeing my family, seeing my dog bear, my golden doodle, awesome. It was great. And seeing, seeing family members, most of them I like, and, and it was good to see most of them. But, but I found an image on my phone probably around like the year 2016. You ever scroll through your phones and just look at old photos and stuff? And, and I found something that I had seen on, probably on the internet or World Wide Web somewhere, and I just snapped a photo of it and I kept it in my phone. And, and the Lord sent me to it, and I'm going to show it to you today. You probably have seen this, maybe you've seen this before. This is not something we created here at 1910, but, but this is what popped up on my phone or what I found that day as I was sitting in a cabin in the woods. The church is not an audience to be entertained. It is an army to be empowered. Now let's just leave that up on the screen for a while because that image crushed me. 
Keep in mind, I already shared with you some things that the Lord had already revealed to me and was speaking in my life. But then when I saw this photo, it was like, okay, God, you're really trying to get my attention. Have you ever been there where God tries to drop a truth and you may miss it, but then he drops the number. He's like, okay, something's happening. And then he hits you over the head with a two by. You're like, okay, I get the picture, God, right? And it was this for me. And I've got to be honest with you today. Listen, I know that God is moving and many of you stood up last Sunday and said, I was saved in this house and I've been baptized as a result of being a part of this church. I know that God is using the house of God. God is using 1910 and City Hills and other places of worship. He's using home groups and he's using all of that. But I gotta be honest with you. I think that it's time for the church in America to get off this entertainment bus. And, And that hurts me because I like to think I'm creative. But Mike, I got to tell you, there've been a lot of times I'm like, okay, great. I wonder, I just wonder what, what could the background look like here? How can we accessorize so that the Holy Spirit shows up and move? You know, we're going to put lights here and now they got to be this color. Whoa, we need the haze because that's symbolic of the Holy Spirit of God. Come on, somebody. He meets you at Burger King and there's no haze there, just cholesterol, right? But I was just convicted that what our culture needs is not entertainment. And let's just be real. Even some of the biggest, best churches, and I've got a bunch of great teammates today that are killing it, but we can't compete with the world. You know, we can't be Cirque du Soleil. By the way, they're coming to Nelson Wolf Stadium, and I saw the advertisement. I'm really excited about that. I've wanted to go to Vegas to see it, but my wife won't let me go there for some reason. Uh, but maybe I can go to the south side of San Antonio. I don't know. But anyway, but we cannot be the Cirque du Soleil in the church of Jesus Christ. We can't compete to that. I don't, our, our media and graphics team, as awesome as they are, and aren't you thankful for all of our media that we send out? They can't compete with what ESPN has and all these. Listen, it's time for the church because, listen, we cannot keep up with the world when it comes to entertainment. But what we can do is what needs to happen here. We need to gather believers together on the weekends. We need to tell stories of what God has done in our life and how he's used us in somebody else's life. And then we need to be empowered so that we in turn can be launched back out in our communities dealing hope. The reason for the hope that we profess this may not be a way to grow the church because this house is going to be about empowering people and resourcing you. Your marriage struggling, we want to speak to that. You dealing with some mental health and depression type stuff, we want to help with that. Hey, you, 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 you suffering some financial setbacks. I, I prayed with a family this morning and said, Hey, listen, we, we just, we need to see a breakthrough in our home. And, 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 and when it comes to, Hey, we want to speak to that, but more importantly, we want to empower you guys to take the gospel out, to be kingdom people, to live on mission and do the things that our guide calls us to. See, we're here today not to entertain you, but we're here today to empower you. So that's going to change who we are. Our word for the year is hope. And what I've come to understand over this summer is that, listen, 
God is calling us to leave the walls and to get out in our city and infiltrate all the areas of brokenness in our culture and in our society. I love this verse in Ephesians chapter one, verse 23 in the message translation, it reads this, the church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts by which he fills everything with his presence. Now keep in mind, the church is not a building, but it's the people that live within it. If you are in Christ, you make up this phrase, the church, and you are extension of Jesus Christ here on earth. His spirit within you is supposed to be unleashed and revealed to people through the life you live. That's how he works today. It's how he works. He works through us and his purpose and his plan. Um, the hope of our world is this thing called the body of Christ. And he fills us, but he fills us in order to spill us so that other people can come to know who he is. We're to bring hope to our city. We're to bring, hey, can I ask you a question? Do, do, do you truly, are you filled with compassion for the people in your city? Are you moved with compassion over the brokenness and the things that you see that are wrong. I'm talking about moving past concern. Remember we talked, and I'm talking about being moved with compassion where you actually step in and do something with it and about it. The brokenness in our political system, in our schools, in homes, in the business or workplace. In, in, in all the other arenas of culture, in media and industry, are we concerned, not concerned, but will we move with compassion to the broken areas that we see represented in our culture? That's what we're called to be about, church. That's what we're called to be about. We are to bring hope to our communities and to our cities. Are you with me so far? Hope. For our city. I was reminded of a passage in Jeremiah chapter 29. The children of Israel are thrown into exile. They're actually in Babylon. They've been driven out of Jerusalem, their homeland, this promised land, right? They now find themselves in captivity yet once again. And look what the word of the Lord says in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 7. It says, Work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. And pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. Now, here's the picture. They're, they're, they're living in a foreign land. They're, 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 this is not their home. It, it's, it's not as great as it once was. But yet through the prophet, God is saying, listen, I want you instead of belly aching and cursing it, I want you to begin to pray for it. Hey, instead of just, just saying, hey, they're going to go to in a handbasket, I want you to begin to pray for the welfare and the prosperity of this community where I've placed you. Is that easy for you to do? That HOA board, man, they just don't understand. I ought to be able to paint my house and park the way I want to. I would be able to plant what I want to. And if I want dogs out front with a chain leak fence, I can do what. 
and we gripe about it. But we're not going to do anything to be an answer to it. Or man, our city is just, whoa. I'm telling you, man, what were they thinking? They've drained the creek. What are the ducks going to do? Versus we got people that are hungry. And listen, I, I just, PETA's all mad. I, I'm all for ducks. I get it. But, but I'm for people too. You know what I'm saying? My point is we can gripe and complain about things versus what are we going to do to step in and be an answer to the problem? Or, hey, my kids, man, the school is crazy and, and it's out of control and this is that. Hey, I'm just telling you, what, 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 what are we doing about it in the place in which we've been planted? Can we begin to be a blessing versus a curse? Can we, instead of becoming depressed and down, try to look for ways that we can speak life into those dark areas? Can we be people that bring hope to broken areas of our culture. That's what we're all about. That's what we need to be about. So we're not going to gather and just sit and soak for 70 minutes here in this house. But what we're going to do is challenge you and encourage you how you can step out and bring hope to communities. Here's the deal. Hope brings joy. Let me just remind you of something. 13 Fridays left until Christmas. My youngest daughter reminded me of that. So she, she's, she's got some things picked out already, I guess. I, I, when do you, I, I don't know, when you stop buying for them? I mean, they're like, they're 42 years old now, and I'm still having to buy them socks and things. You know, come on. Just kidding. Um, but one of my, I love Christmas. But when I think of this, what hope brings, it brings joy to our world. One of my favorite Christmas images of all times is something that many of you have seen time and time again. Hey, do you remember when your life before you could TiVo and rewind and record things and you had to be at home around the television set to catch it when it aired the original time? I remember those days when I was a young boy growing up and, and I loved an animated Christmas cartoon that would come on in which a young boy with his blanket would walk out on a platform when his friends were dazed and confused, wondering what the true meaning of Christmas is all about. A young man by the name of Linus steps out. I'll tell you what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. He steps out in the center of the stage and he says, lights, please. And he begins to read a passage from the book of Luke that speaks of joy and hope. And how a dark and weary world would find it. You remember part of what Linus read that night or what he quoted and recited? It's in Luke chapter 2, verse 10. It says, I bring you good, no good noise, good news, and great joy to all people. You see, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Church family. What brings joy? Jesus. What's the good news that our culture needs? The hope they need? His name is Jesus. Believer, you have the answer for what a broken, hurting world needs. 
And I think heaven today is saying, hey, guys, listen, we got to get out and share that hope. You see, Jesus Christ is the good news, that great news, that joy for all people. I want to challenge. Hey, Ben, come on up. Yeah, you guys are good. I, I, I want to encourage you with something today. Let me ask you a question. What are the broken areas? Do we go back to that slide? What are the broken areas in our city that need hope? Think about that. As you survey the community in which you live, where are those areas of brokenness? Is it in the, you know, the the city leadership? Is it in school district? Is it in business? Is it in families? Maybe is there a certain people group or sector of your community in which your, your heart is drawn towards? Is there a school? I don't know. But what are those broken areas in your city that need hope? I want you to begin to pray for God to reveal an area to you. In fact, maybe right now, how many of you already know an area in which the Holy Spirit's speaking to you about? Lilia, you do? I see those hands. I want you to begin to pray about this question. And I want you to ask God to begin to show you an area and not just to show it to you say, wow, man, I should have more of a heart for that. No, an area in which, check this out, The Holy Spirit of God might be saying, I want you to step into that. And I want to use you, Mike. I want to use you to step into that brokenness and bring joy, bring the hope that is Jesus Christ. In fact, I'm just going to give you a heads up. This is, this, I'm just giving you a warning that probably in a couple of weeks, as you're praying and asking God to reveal this, he's going to speak. And I want you, we're going to write those down here in a couple of weeks. And we're going to have a time in which we're going to bring those and lay them on the altar. And, 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 and it's a commitment to the Lord that this is what I'm going to step into. I, I, I want to step in and bring hope into this, this broken area of my community. We're going to do that. Hey, you, you, you hear us talking about serving in this house. And by the way, you should be serving in the house of God. You should. You should be serving in the house of God. Here's the deal. Somebody served when you were a kid growing up or somebody reached out to you from another church when you're going to. How many of you ever grew up on a bus ministry? Come on. Somebody picked me up on a bus one time, took me to church. How many of you ever participated in vacation Bible school? Somebody else did that for me, right? How many of you had a Sunday school teacher or a choir director or whatever? How many of you, how many people taught you how to open up, find the book of Matthew in the Bible? Somebody has done that for you, right? It's our turn now in the house of God, right? But we're also going to be challenging you to think outside the house because that's our field in which God is saying, I'm sending you. So I'm just giving you a heads up and I want you to begin to pray. And Pastor Angie already nailed it. If you seek the Lord, you're going to find him. If you ask God to begin to show you something, he's going to speak. If you carve out time in, in solitude and 
turn off some stuff and say, okay, God, here I am. Watch out because he will speak to you. He's going to show you some things. And I want God to begin to speak to us as a church. Listen, we have hope within us. His name is Jesus. That's his name. Jesus has done a lot for us. Has he not? Come on, y'all. He's done a lot for us. And that same Jesus that has transformed and changed our lives is the same Jesus that our cities need. Remember what I said last week. Transform people. Transform cities. And it's time for those of us who've been transformed by Jesus to stand up and say, Here am I, Lord. Send me. Jesus, thank you for being our hope. Thank you for changing and saving our lives. Thank you for transforming us, Lord. And Lord, I pray that we would understand today that we have hope. We have the hope that our community needs, and that hope is Jesus.